Well, if you have your Bibles, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. Now, I don't know what time it is. I don't wear a watch, and this thing up here is uh, quit. And so, uh, you know me, I'm going to start, and I'm going to finish, Lord willing, and the rest of us up to Him. But as we turn there to Mark 11, verses 1 through 11, when you look at the story of Jesus, it doesn't matter where you pick up. In the life of Jesus, you find Him loving, touching people's lives. Now, why did He do that? He didn't have to do that. The reason He did that was to set an example for you and me. It's our responsibility as God's children to speak to people, to love people, and to touch their lives. Infect somebody with Jesus. Now, the Lord said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I will not leave you. I will come and get you, okay? Hey, I remember sometimes that, that I would be taking places to, and I wanted to spend the night, you know, but hey, <laughs> as it got toward dark, there was something about me that wanted to go home. I mean, no, I want to go. Hey, it didn't make any difference. Just get me to the house. And one time I just literally walked probably two miles. And most of it was dirt road at night, dark, no flashlight. I wanted to go home. Jesus said, I will come again and get you. It may be today. And I hope that you're ready. Nothing should stand between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. The only thing that stands between us and the Lord is sin. S-I-N. It's you, it's me. And Jesus left us some great words. He left us some uh, wonderful stories to share with other people. And so we begin in Mark's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 1. And when they came nigh, that is near Jerusalem, next to Bethphage and Bethany, which was at the Mount of Olives, he sendeth forth two disciples. And he saith unto them, I want you guys to go your way into the village over against you. And as soon as ye are entered into it, ye shall find a coat tied, whereon no man has ever sat. I want you to loose him and bring him back to me. <clears throat> and if anyone asks you, what are you doing? You simply say, the Lord has a need for this. And they went their way. And they found the coat tied by the door without a place where, look what, I, what he said, where two ways met. And they loose him. And certain of them stood there and said unto them, what do ye loosen the coat? And they said unto them, Even the Lord Jesus hath commanded. And they let him go. And they brought the coat to Jesus, and cast their garments on him, and he sat upon him. And many spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches off the trees, and strode them in the way. And they that went before, and they that followed, cried, Hosanna. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. <clears throat> Blessed be the kingdom of our father David that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Jesus entered into Jerusalem and entered the temple. And when he had looked around about him upon all things, and now even was come, he went out 
into Bethany with the twelve. Father, speak to our hearts. You know how each one of us needs to be spoken to today. You know each one of our needs. And your holy word says you will meet our every need according to your riches and glory through Christ Jesus. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're only a week away from the resurrection. And we praise God for all that he is doing in these days. And uh, yesterday I had the wonderful opportunity of sharing with this massive crowd of children. And Holly made mention of the children. But I took note of the parents. There were a lot of parents that came also. And I did, everything, I did all I could to speak to every one of them to make them feel welcome and encourage them and invite them to come to church today. Now, whether any of you here, I don't know. But if they are, praise God. If they're not, it's still a mission field. I, I told Mac yesterday as we stood there and looked at that massive crowd, his son, here is an entire church in this building right here. It was packed out, as Holly said. And, and you all that volunteered, thank you for making it possible. Those kids had a ball. They had a blast. But I had the wonderful opportunity of sharing with the children yesterday by starting out saying, what is this season? Well, they said Easter. I said, what's Easter about? The resurrection. I said, what's that mean? Jesus is alive. And we shouted uh, in that building. So we praise God for the opportunities that he gives us every day to share the word. Now, as we go, let's go to this scene here. Uh, What was taking place there in chapter 11? You see, Jerusalem uh, at Passover was the delight for the Jews. They looked forward to this occasion of gathering in there. But I tell you, there was a group that didn't look forward to it, and that was the Roman officials, because they were frightened. You see, the the, uh, population of Jerusalem tripled on this time of Passover because it was a Jews celebration. And so, hey, they swamped that town. But the Romans were afraid. They were afraid something was going to happen. They were afraid some Jewish person was going to rise up and kill some Roman official. They were afraid a riot was going to break out. And so they were nervous. They were intense. But in the background, we find Jesus. And it's amazing to me. You see, the scripture says that when they drew nigh to Jerusalem, they had to go through Bethpage and Bethany first. Now, what I understand that Bethpage and Bethany is up on a high plain, some 2,600 feet above sea level. And while up there, as they were making their way down, they could look down on the city of Jerusalem. What a sight that must have been. As Jesus knew in his heart, hey, that's where I'm headed. That's where it's going to take place. And as he moved along and the crowds began to gather and, and all these, uh, I can just imagine, I don't know, I haven't read about this, but I just can in my mind can see Roman soldiers on horses and with their armor and their spears and, and all this stuff just, just waiting for somebody to step out of line. But you see, hey, Jesus was present. And they didn't want this thing to take place on the Passover, okay? So they just sort of stood back and allowed it to take place and allowed it uh, to happen. But into this situation, we find God's servant less than a week remaining when he would be tried, made a fool of, and crucified. And I thought about that as I think about this week coming We need to think every day next week of what must have been going on in the life of Jesus and his family. 
knowing that he was headed to death. I don't know what kind of week you will have this week. I don't have a clue what kind of week I will have. But I want us to thank every morning when we rise up. Thank you, Jesus, for what you went through with on this week in your life, knowing what was going to happen. And I'll tell you something else. All through his ministry, he cautioned his disciples and those following him, don't, don't mention me, don't mention me. Don't let anybody know I'm coming. But on this particular occasion, he allowed something to happen that he had never, ever allowed to happen. And that was for the people to put on a show for their king. He sent two. You see, the Lord don't want us to go by ourselves, but he sent two. And as I, as I read through this portion of God's word, I, I've preached this before. And I thought, what can I change? Lord, what can I do different? And I read it, and I read it, and I read it. And in verse 4, three words jumped out at me. And you see them there. I underlined them. Two ways met. And so I just simply give this the title, where two ways met. You see, that's what he told them. When you go into the city, you'll find a coat tied where two ways meet. I've thought about those two ways. What are some of those two ways? You know, I think of, of light and, and darkness. You know, yesterday evening as we, we came back home, the sun was just about out of sight. But over here, you can see the moon. You can see them both. I mean, hey, you know, we were just, we were turning away. Where two ways met, where darkness and light separate. I've been on many of airplanes flying overseas, and I've seen that actually happen. Where two ways meet, way off up there in the sky, where darkness disappears and the light appears, or the light appears and the darkness disappears. Two ways met. I think of Lynn and I. Our two ways met over 50 years ago now. Two ways met. I think of a battery with positive and negative. You know, hey, when you hook those two things together with proper wiring, you get light. Two ways, when they come together, means something. You either lost this morning or you're saved. Two ways needs to meet. And you need to make a decision whether you're going to follow Christ or you're not going to follow him. Think about it for a moment. Two ways. Where two ways met. It's amazing to me. He, he said, I want you to go select this uh, donkey where no one has ever sat. If anybody asks you, what are you doing? You just tell them. The Lord has a need for this. And they did, and they did, and they brought it to him. And it says they took their garments and put up on the, the donkey, and, and he sat upon it. What an array of display of love this morning, our little children coming down with their palm branches and the singing and the shouting, Hosanna. God's real, y'all. I want to tell you something, in this county alone right now, if nothing else, we have a gang of little children over at Orchard Park and in this place right here that know that Jesus is alive. Amen? He knows they're alive. And the little children shout about it. They're not ashamed. Where are we? Where are we as we following along 
uh, following the path that Jesus has left us. Are we at that place where two ways meet? If we are, we need to get it settled as to which way we're going. Chances are you're on a way right now and you're not happy with that way. You could have lost something. You could have been asked to do this or that. And you've, you're at two ways where two ways meet. And you've got to make a decision. Today is that day. Don't put it off. Make that decision and make it for Jesus. Say, I don't know what he's going to do with me. You don't have to know. When I think of where two ways met, listen. We have the fulfilling of prophecy here. I, you don't have to turn. I've already got it looked up. Zechariah 9, 9, if you're, if you're re- uh, writing, listen. It says, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just, and he has salvation with him. I am so glad that Jesus brought salvation with him when he left portals of glory and came to this earth. He brought salvation with him. That was the end where two ways met, where he made the decision to go to the cross for you and me. He brought salvation with him. It's just amazing to me how the Bible unfolds and and gives us all these things to recall. As we think about where two ways met, first of all, there's the fulfilling of prophecy. Verse 1, it talks about Bethany and Bethpage and the Mount of Olives. And over in Zechariah 14, 4, it says, and his feet. Listen, listen to what he says. Zechariah says, and his feet shall stand in the day upon the Mount of Olives. And he did. He stood right on that very spot where, I, where Zechariah said he would stand. His feet shall stand at the Mount of Olives. It is just amazing to me. You know, God's never missed yet. If he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. I want to be there when two ways meet. I want to be there when he comes through and stops in the clouds and I go to meet him. That's where two ways are going to meet. And I'm going to be right in the middle of it. If I'm done dead, I'm going to be in the middle of it. If I'm still walking around, I'm going to be in the middle of it because he said you're going to be a part of it. Well, I'm I'm so glad that I'm glad. Aren't you glad? I'm glad. You see, Jerusalem, the Bible says that Jesus wept over Jerusalem because of their sin. The chosen bunch. That word, the the little town of Bethpage is is a house of unripe figs. You remember? Unripe figs. He wasn't happy about that. Two ways met. Bethany, the home of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. The Bible says, whom he loved. Two ways met, death and life. And Jesus said, come out of there, Lazarus. And he walked out of that tomb, full. And they said, loose him and let him go. Two ways met, death and Jesus. And he came forth. Let me tell you something. Not only was prophecy fulfilled there uh, in verse 1, but there's a fact of preparation. You see, Jesus always prepared. We should prepare, y'all. We need to prepare our children for what's coming. You know, what, what does little children know? You, I heard people say, well, what does little children know? They might know more than us adults. The thing about us, we don't listen. They go out trying to share with us and, and we don't have time to listen. But God speaks to the little children too. Hello? 
Now, when we think about this fact of preparation, there was two sent forth because Jesus don't want us going by ourselves. And I began to think about those preparations where two ways met. I thought about Noah. You know, what if he hadn't have made preparation? It had never rained. He didn't even know what rain was. God just said, I want you to prepare this ark where two ways met. I think of Abraham. God said, I want you to get ready to move. Well, where am I going? He said, I'm not going to tell you right now. You just get ready. Where two ways meet, I'll share with you where it's going to be. Isaac prepared to get married and didn't even know who he was going to marry. David prepared to sin, not knowing what the consequences would be. Gideon prepared for battle. Well, only 300 men, two ways met. Paul prepared for beatings. He knew they were coming, but didn't know when. We should prepare for Jesus because he is coming. Third thing, we're talking about uh, where two ways met. What about the faith of these pilgrims? Verses 4 through 6 talks about the, their faith. And in there, you see two ways met there in the, at the end of verse 4. And certain of them stood there and said unto them, Why are you, why are you turning this coat loose? Well, my Lord uh, has a need for it. You see, Jesus has a better idea always. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not ours. They're higher than the heavens and lower than anything you can think of. He knows what's happening. <clears throat> he is in charge. He knows when, he, uh, when, when things are going to come to an end. God knows all of that. But where two ways met between the Father and the Son, they don't know. Jesus doesn't know when he's coming. But when two ways meet, when God says, Son, go get your bride, two ways are going to meet. Jesus is going to meet the bride. He's going to take the bride home. And that's those of, of us who have been saved. We're talking about where two ways meet. How about the fullness of praise? Verses 7 through 9. And they brought the coat to Jesus, put garments on him, and sat upon him. And then they began to cut down branches. They were so excited. Hey, Jesus is coming to town. Hey, and just, it's just a few weeks before Mayberry comes to town, Okay. What would it be if somebody said, hey, we're going to have a massive crusade downtown Westminster. How many would come? There'll be more people at Mayberry and pass through here for that celebration than there'll be in our local churches. That shows you where we're going. That shows you where we're headed. That shows you where our mindset is. And two ways one day is going to meet. And unless we have met Jesus at one of these ways, where two ways meet, it's going to be a sad, sad ordeal. I challenge us today to be on guard against Satan and all that he would throw at us. Well, verse 11, as we think about where two ways met, it says, after they had rode in there and they were shouting, Hosanna, and so excited, verse 11 says, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem, right downtown Jerusalem. Bible says, and he went into the temple. And when he looked around upon all things, I began to think, Lord, what is, what was he looking at? It says he looked around. Okay? So I began to think, what was he looking at? And I just wrote down a few little simple things that what he might have been looking at. I believe, first of all, he was probably looking at the lost crowd. Those who were there just for the fanfare. Those who were there just for the celebration. Not even counting who he was. He was looking at the lost. 
I believe he was also looking at those who were saved. You see, in this congregation right now, God Almighty and his son Jesus knows every one of us, whether we're lost or whether we're saved. He knows. So he was not only looking at the lost, he was looking at the saved. But I'll tell you something else. He was looking at the faithful. He was looking at the faithful. Committed, those who were committed, who he knew would follow him all the way. He's looking for that today, too. He, I believe he also saw the backslidden. Those who were following him, but he knew was going to back out. Don't back out, guys. Hey, where two ways meet, it is always too early to back out. It's always too early to quit on God. I believe he saw the bitter. I believe he looked at that Roman crowd and, and thought, you know, hey, you don't have a clue about what's about to happen. You're on guard for your big city. You're on guard because of your leader. Not knowing that, hey, I'm it. I am your leader. I am your king. I believe he saw those that were poor, had not. And I believe he saw those who were reaching out also. You see, even today, he's looking at us. Is he? And that's another thing you could, you could, you could underline. He looked. Around about. He's watching us. There's not a one of us that he don't know about, y'all. God knows your troubles right now. He knows where you're brokenhearted right now. He knows where you're supposed to be already right now, to this week. But I challenge you to look around you as Jesus looked around. We need to look around our own little nutshell and see who needs a touch from God who needs a prayer lifted for them in their behalf who needs a meal tarried? who needs a visit you see God knows all this and where two ways meet you see the king is coming but only God the father knows when he's coming when we think about all this you see prophecy was fulfilled and on that day when he rode in, Jesus accomplished two simple things. He declared himself to be Israel's king and the Messiah. You know, we wouldn't have chosen a donkey to ride in on. We'd want to rode in on a purebred horse, all dressed up in armor, shouting and carrying on. But Jesus set the example, y'all. He rode in humbly. Another thing that he accomplished that day he deliberately, deliberately challenged the religious leaders. And when he did, it set the stage for him to be crucified. The Lamb of God must die on the Passover, where two ways meet. You see, God, even this morning, he knows where you are. He knows where I am. He knows your heartaches, your troubles. And you need to allow your way to meet God's way. Even if you're saved, okay, and you got these troubles, you need to allow God to meet that need that you have where two ways meet. Don't forget that. There are going to be all kind of ways out there this week. And there are going to be a lot of two ways where they meet. But you only have two ways, the right way and the wrong way. And I trust, I challenge that you will choose the right way. 
We're going to have a hymn of invitation in a moment. I gave my life for thee. Choir sang, he loved them to the end. He said, I'll never leave you, neither will I forsake you. I send you out, sheep among wolves, but I'm going to be with you every step of the way. I challenge you today, search your own heart and decide which way am I going. Because two ways are soon to meet. And that's Jesus' way and the devil's way. And I hope that you will choose the right way, which is Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your presence today. Thank you for all that you have done in this place. And God, we continue to rejoice and praise your holy name that you have allowed us to pay this building off. God, it's yours. We want you to do what you want to do with it. You know what's ahead of us. You know what we need to do. And two ways are soon going to meet, whether to build or where not to build. And God, I pray that you speak to all of our hearts, that you challenge us to rise up where two ways meet and to choose the right way. Bless those that are here. Father, touch hearts, touch lives. If there's any loss, God, bring them to this altar today. Anybody's backslid and wants to get things right with you, bring them this away. God, we love you and we thank you for all that you do for us. Help us now to ponder these two ways as they meet. In Jesus' name, amen.